0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Wrestling with God, Who Can Win? I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. Last week, in our episode, How Could Lot Be a Righteous Man?, We examined how Lot was called a righteous man despite his own sinful acts. The very same sinful acts found in Sodom and Gomorrah that led to their destruction by God. The Bible says Abraham observed smoke rising from that place like the smoke that comes from a period furnace. Even the earth where things grow was scorched beyond usability. Like us. Right after being rescued from God's wrath, Lot sins by allowing his daughters to get him drunk and then engages in an act of incest with both his daughters. This week, we will examine the highly preposterous exuberance of Jacob wrestling with God, an angel in physical form called the, quote, man, quote, for a blessing. Today, like Lot's older daughter, we wrestle with God so we can sin and it not really being sin, somehow, in our minds and hearts. Not all sin, but some. It should be noted that some Christians accuse their brothers and sisters of wrestling with God and it being sinful to wrestle with Him at all. However, we do know how we do wrestle with God, just not for the same reasons Jacob wrestled. Lot's older daughter rationalized that by getting Lot drunk so he could not control his situation she and her younger sister could engage in an act of incest so to promote the family line. The older daughter rationalized this as a good and unsinful act by mentally wrestling with God much the same way we do with our sin today. At least, if we were more like Jacob, even if a bad thing to do, we would be wrestling God for a blessing, not wrestling to justify our sinful acts. As Christ's own children, are we not already justified in Christ? Sanctified by His grace, mercy, and forgiveness? So why do we wrestle God for something we already have? Or is it we have no concept of what we have in Christ? Genesis chapter 32 opens this way. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is the camp of God! So he named that place Mahanaim. Genesis chapter 32, verses 1 through 2. As we read on, we find Jacob is in trouble with his brother Esau. Jacob is greatly afraid of a reprise by Esau. Jacob goes to a lot of trouble to hopefully appease Esau, but... Jacob's spirit is still very disquieted. All this in Jacob's self-exclaimed, Camp of God! Angels were there with Jacob, and his spirit still could find no peace and rest. After doing all he can in the physical realm to give his disquieted spirit peace and rest, without success, he finally prays. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you said to me, Return to your land and to your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am not worthy of all the faithful love you have shown your servant. With only my walking stick I crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Rescue me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me as well as my mothers and their children. But you said, I will certainly make you prosper, and I will make your descendants like the sand on the seashore, too numerous to count. Genesis chapter 32, verses 9 through 12. Please note, this same promise about descendants was also made to Abraham and Isaac. We will be examining this promise next week. Jacob, still fearful, and before he prayed, divided his camp in two so if Esau were to attack, one camp might escape. Even after praying, Jacob's spirit is still quite disquieted. He now sends a gift to Esau with very specific instructions. During the night, Jacob quickly took his two wives, his two female servants. AND HIS ELEVEN SONS, AND CROSSED THE FORD AT CHEBOK. HE TOOK THEM AND SENT THEM ACROSS THE STREAM, ALONG WITH ALL HIS POSSESSIONS. SO JACOB WAS LEFT ALONE. THEN A MAN WRESTLED WITH HIM UNTIL DAYBREAK. WHEN THE MAN SAW THAT HE COULD NOT DEFEAT JACOB, HE STRUCK THE SOCKET OF HIS HIP, SO THE SOCKET OF JACOB'S HIP WAS DISLOCATED WHILE HE WRESTLED WITH HIM. THEN THE MAN SAID, LET ME GO. For the dawn is breaking. I will not let you go, Jacob replied, unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? He answered, Jacob. No longer will your name be Jacob, the man told him, but Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, Please tell me your name. Why do you ask my name? the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, explaining, Certainly I have seen God face to face and have survived. The sun rose over him as he crossed over Peniel, but he was limping because of his hip. Genesis chapter 32 verses 22 through 31. Is it just me, or did Jacob display an impressive amount of audacity to not only wrestle with quote, the man end quote, and then ask him his name? Jacob certainly is not wont for boldness and tenacity. At this point, if there is anything positive in this story we, as modern people, can take away, it should be how boldly and tenaciously Jacob held on to God. He referred to as quote, the man. End quote. What would our faith today look like if we had even half the boldness and tenacity of Jacob to hold on to it and to God? On that note, we should observe a few things from our last scripture passage, Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. Verses 24 through 26 read So Jacob was left alone. Then a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat Jacob, he struck the socket of his hip, so the socket of Jacob's hip was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. I will not let you go, Jacob replied, unless you bless me. Notice first, Jacob and the angel, or, quote, man, what appears to be, at first read, nearly all night, several hours at the very least. That had to be some wrestling match, even if what might be considered a short match. The length of the match would be better determined by facts not in our possession. When did Jacob awake so he could move his family across the ford? How long did it take Jacob to make that move across the ford? Both determining factors directly affecting the duration of wrestling before the dawn breaks. Notice, too, the implication that even after the angel or man dislocated Jacob's hip, Jacob kept wrestling with the man. In verse 25, Jacob's hip is dislocated. In verse 26, the man says, Let me go! it appears they are still wrestling. That begs the question. Even if we were to wrestle God for a blessing, if you were inflicted physically by anyone or anything, would you allow that to stop you from continuing to wrestle God for what you are asking Him? It didn't stop Jacob. Next, notice the emphatic speak. Verse 26 says, Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. I will not let you go, Jacob replied, unless you bless me. The angel or man says, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. For me, it reads rather emphatically. Notice Jacob's reply, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Notice how Jacob's fear overcame him to have such audacity boldness, and tenacity as to wrestle even after incurring injury to his hip, to not let the man go. When was the last time you thought you really needed a blessing? Did you only pray once? Did the blessing come? Probably not. Did you walk away saying, God must not care for me or about me. I prayed for a blessing and it never came. It never came because you did not wrestle God for it in your prayers. You prayed once, it did not come, and so you gave up and blamed God for your lack of blessing. That may sound a bit harsh, but in the States it is very true. Christians here, many, act this way. I think these verses tell us that we need some of Jacob in us with regard to fighting, wrestling for our faith, And the blessings we so desire. Jacob here reminds me of the parable of the persistent widow. That short parable reads, Then Jesus told them a parable to show them they should always pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who never feared God nor respected people. There was also a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor have regard for people, yet because this widow keeps on bothering me, I will give her justice, or in the end she will wear me out by her unending pleas. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unrighteous judge says. Won't God give justice to His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He delay long to help them? I tell you, He will give them justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? Luke, chapter 18, verses 1-8 through Can you hear the similarities the widow shares with Jacob? Both in their own way have persistent audacity, boldness, and tenacity that we, today, lack. Leastwise, among many Christians here in the States. Getting back to Jacob in Genesis, let us see what commentary has to offer us for greater insight. Quoting Unable to sleep, Jacob waited the ford in the nighttime by himself, and having ascertained its safety, he returned to the North Bank and sent over his family and attendants, remaining behind, to seek anew, in silent prayer, the divine blessing on the means he had set in motion. From Jameson Fawcett Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871 I think more commentary on verse 24 will bring some clarity of this wrestling in prayer concept. First note the meaning of phantasm, an illusory mental image. Also, the meaning of specter, some object or source of terror or dread. Now, commentary reads, Not a phantasm or specter, as Josephus calls him, nor was this a mere visionary representation of a man to the imagination of Jacob. This is referring to the man or the angel or done in the vision of a prophecy. But it was something real, corporeal, and visible. The Targum of Jonathan says, It was an angel in the likeness of a man, and calls him Michael, which is not amiss, since he is expressly called an angel. And if Michael, the uncreated angel, is meant, it is most true. For not a created angel is designed, but a divine person as appears from Jacob's desiring to be blessed by him, and besides, being expressly called God, and was, no doubt, the Son of God in an human form, who frequently appeared in it as a token and pledge of his future incarnation, and, quote, this wrestling, end quote, was real and corporeal on the part of both, The man took hold of Jacob, and he took hold of the man, and they strove and struggled together for victory as wrestlers do. And on Jacob's part, it was also mental and spiritual and signified his fervent and importunate striving with God in prayer. Or at least it was attended with earnest and importunate supplications, and this continued until the breaking of the day. How long this conflict lasted is uncertain. Perhaps not long, since after Jacob rose in the night, he had a great deal of business to do, and did it before this affair happened, as sending his wives, children, servants, and cattle over the brook. However, this may denote that in the present state or night of darkness, wrestling in prayer with God must be continued until the perfect state commences, when the everlasting day of glory will break. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Commentary just said two significant things for us today today to take away from this study of Jacob. Let us break this down. First, commentary said, They strove and struggled together for victory as wrestlers do. And on Jacob's part, it was also mental and spiritual and signified his fervent and importunate striving with God in prayer. Notice the phrase, They strove and struggled together for victory as wrestlers do. If we were to wrestle in this manner, how is victory defined? Does such wrestling represent arrogance on our part? Why would we ever think we could wrestle God, the all-powerful God, and win? How preposterous that concept is, staggers my thoughts and imagination. Yet, Jacob obviously was not troubled in this way. Possibly, such trouble in Jacob's heart and mind was nearly or fully evaded by his fear where Esau was concerned. He was, in that wrestling match, to win. To get what he, Jacob, wanted. A blessing. Today, Ours is not a physical wrestling. It is a wrestling in the mind and heart, even a spiritual wrestling. We need to ask ourselves whether our wrestling is a form of spiritual insubordination before God and to God. It would seem to me we face greater difficulty in knowing where that very fine line is so we do not unrespectably cross over it into sinful arrogance to God. We should take real caution that prayerful, mental, and or emotional wrestling with God is not so easy as it would be having a physical opponent. It is far easier for us today to slip into the demanding child throwing a fit because they do not get what they want. Yet, we can see from Jacob's example, there is some decent value in pursuing this in a correct fashion. However, not without understanding the pitfalls. Remember, commentary told us, On Jacob's part, it was also mental and spiritual and signified his fervent and importunate striving with God in prayer. This is what we are examining here. It is supported by the use of the word importunate, which means troublesomely urgent or persistent in requesting, pressingly entreating. The way the word is used to describe Jacob, it here means troublesomely urgent or persistent in requesting. Again, remind you of the persistent widow? Importunate, given its meaning, Does it not alone describe Jacob's state of mind and heart in this Genesis passage? Personally, I think it is a great match and description of Jacob, even as he wrestled. This would imply there is a time to wrestle with God, and there is not a time, given our state of mind and heart, at the time we consider wrestling with God, even if in prayer alone. Now. Let me throw this monkey wrench into the works with this question. What of our humility in all this? Please note the phrase, throwing a monkey wrench into the works is an American euphemism used in similitude to describe breaking something like a way of thinking. A monkey wrench is a particular hand wrench used in American plumbing working with mostly water-based systems. It is a fairly large hand tool throwing it into a working set of gears would do much damage. Again, what about our humility in all of this? How does one humbly wrestle with the all-powerful God of the universe even if only in prayer? Notice the most important defining statement made by commentary. This may denote that in the present state or night of darkness, wrestling in prayer with God must be continued until the perfect state commences, when the everlasting day of glory will break. We are taught that, as unsaved people, we live in darkness. Even after we are saved, we still live in a dark world that presently seems to be only getting darker. However, it is said, it is always darkest before the dawn. The dawn of what commentary called the perfect state when the everlasting day of glory will break. That day after all this in the present is settled, that day after the tribulation, that bright and glorious morn, as scripture calls it, after the one thousand year reign of Christ. Brothers and sisters, if we are honest, We all do not pray as we should, without ceasing. Is praying without ceasing the same as wrestling God in prayer? So we are a long way from correctly wrestling with God. Today, we do not wrestle God as Jacob did in the physical. We go deeper than that by wrestling with God spiritually in prayer. Next week, we will examine God's promise to Abraham and Jacob. They both were promised descendants, too numerous to count. This number of descendants is likened to the stars of the entire universe and the grains of sand on a seashore. Today, many say we are waiting for Christ's return because this promise has not been fulfilled. We will examine whether this was meant as a promise, or was merely a similitude for a number so big it did not exist in the present vocabulary of man at that time. Play or download next week's episode titled Descendants, Too Numerous to Count, from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow! This study podcast is a holy, self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, Check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. That is, s i t e one SITE123.com. dot com. Our site link is unchurched 123me dot me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. This year, we have decided to go with making Pinecast our primary host as we move away from Podomatic. For more information, listen to our year-end update for 2019. Until then, We will continue to post our podcast on our current primary host, Podomatic, found at this short link, is.gd forward slash uppercase i k lowercase l uppercase y x lowercase s Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase Church of the Un-Church to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup post, www.podcasts.com, that is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com, or go to our other alternative site, anchor.fm forward slash unchurched, Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Young Church.